Dang, we're live. Uh-oh, hold on. What's we are we are live. But no one's on yet. I see that. Nobody, <laughs> we, nobody, we just, nobody likes no, us. No, nobody likes us, dude. Maybe, maybe see, it's you. Should, should I share? <laughs> I'm blaming on you. Yeah, go ahead, dude. I'm going to get this going here. Hold on one second. Oh, there goes the notification. So people probably, there you go. They, they're hopping on. A, What's up, everybody? On phone is back. We got Mr. Tim Lime today. Mr. Tim Lime, he is S-Works, which, by the way, we spell it correctly. Said <laughs> us, us Texans don't know how to spell S-Works. We spell it correctly. It's S-Works with an S, but I guess yours is S-Works with a Z. Yes, sir. <laughs> that was uh, that, that was Scott Yang uh, back in the day. I don't know what the Z stood for, but, you know, it is what it oh, is. It actually, st- it actually stood for something? I don't know. Like, I mean, Scott Yang started the company many moons ago, and yeah, I don't know. I should ask him that question someday. So I, yeah, you should, man. All right, we got people joining in. Tell us, guys, where you're from, where you're watching from. If you know Tim, tell us your most fond memory of Tim. Oh, maybe not. Phoenix, it, it was- Arizona. <laughs> I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, Mark. Not not you. We're talking about uh talking oh, about the guys on, on watching on live. I know where you're from, which but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into that. But yeah, it looks hot out there, dude. I always think it's weird that you guys don't have you because you don't have grass there, do you? Um, I have a pool. <laughs> but like most like most yard, there's no grass in y'all's yard, do they? Not much. No. I that's, mean, yeah. That's crazy, dude. Synthetic grass. There's a lot of synthetic grass, but that burns you. Actually, I have synthetic grass like below me right now where I'm sitting. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a little but, patch just so I don't burn my feet when I get up to go in the pool. But if you try to run if you try to have real gas there, grass there, it's just going to it's just going to burn. It's a it's a pain, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, a lot I of thought water that was for, I thought that was really weird whenever I went out to the dirt for the first time when it was at um, when it was at Fear Farm, that track and going close. Oh God, that that dude, that track, that track. I really like that track. It's, I thought that it's that, not that close was actually. Cool. The Fisco guys are running it, so that's cool. They're Rob Garver and um, uh, shoot, um, what's his name? Um, Scott Williams and Randall is uh, they're running Fisco there. So, so it is it kind of still open though. Yeah, you have to be a member to use it. Unless you're Spencer Rifkin, then you can use it anytime you want. <laughs> Spencer Rifkin has has exclusive access. Yeah, has like Farm. a key to it. Yeah, he has a key to it. So, yeah, dude, I was when I went out there. First off, when when he had the dirt in that area, it wasn't super hot. It was a dry heat, so it wasn't that bad. No, um, February is awesome here. It is, it's awesome there. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad at all. I, I really, really enjoyed Fear Farm. The, the first year I went is when they had remember when they did the the drone racing out there yeah oh dude that was freaking that's, awesome man <laughs> I think that's when I met you like you the first time you came I think Camden ended up like getting second that year um in sports he was Trump. running oh, he's running sportsman yeah it was like 10. so whenever I the last time I went to the dirt Night challenge the CJ Jellen destroyed everybody in open. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a little, this is a little kid. And then when CJ Jellen CJ, started. I don't know if CJ ever ran open. I thought it was it was one of the younger kids destroyed everyone in open <laughs> at the dirt. It yeah, was I'm a while back, dude. 
So like Camden, like that year that you guys came, the Rich Brown incident, um, was <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk about. <laughs> so that was Camden was like ten and ended up getting second in truck. Maybe see, I don't know what happened in buggy. Maybe CJ did win buggy that year. They're the same age, right? Yeah, I think CJ maybe a year older. And then the following year, I'm like, Cameron, we're done with Sportsman. There's no reason to run Sportsman ever again. You got second place. You got a podium. That's not what we want. So the next year, I make him go up to intermediate. And he ends up getting second again to uh, Max Mort and, uh, and Buggy this time. And I'm like, I look at him. I'm like, dude, you're 11 going to 12 now. Sorry, you got to go to pro. <laughs> He, like, didn't, he never so so Camden never ran open. He went. We ran open one year, and like I said, he got second. And I'm like, dude, you podium, you're done. Time to go. Dang, so dude. we went straight to pro at 12. So did did Camden run that? Okay, remember when PNB had a like a a U15 and underclass, and that there was a 15 underclass, and I think it was Cam. I think Camden was in there. CJ was in there. But long story short. Is that class was like fast, almost as fast as the pro class. It was supposed yeah. to be like an entry level class, but it ended up being like blistering fast. So the year at Thornhill that um, Camden and CJ both made the semis, but and Roar, I Roar never knows which way they're going because as long and the whole rule was if as long as you don't make the finals, you could run the juniors, whatever. But you had CJ, you had Mason, you had Camden, um, Caden. It was like it's Jermaine. Like it was stupid fast. And like Camden lost on the last lap to CJ. That was awesome race though. Dude. You guys ever check it? It's on uh live RC. Like it's probably one of the better races. I mean, Camden pretty much checked out and then um CJ reeled him back in. Really? Yeah. Camden jumped over that there was like that hump in the backside. And like uh-huh. He went back there and nobody saw him for a few seconds and pretty much cost him the race. <laughs> CJ had, yeah, CJ put a CJ put a killer pass on him though. So, dude, the I, I I always I say it all the time. I feel like when you're young like that, man, it's like it's like almost like cheating. Their mental acuity, they're they're so freaking sharp. It's insane. Like I, I agree. <laughs> I, I like I can't I can't look at little bump, dude. The, the little bump pass at uh the little bump yeah pass. that yeah we, we don't need to talk about that <laughs> you were you were on the the bad end of that one but um if you guys didn't see it which I'm sure you did if you're anywhere in the RC racing community at Silver State a little bump pass Joe Joe Bornhorse on the last lap like flew over him I mean he he I mean I I don't know that was. That was crazy, dude. Yeah, Wiggins Wiggins did that in the B main too, and destroyed Cameron on the very first lap. That was pretty cool. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, blew him off the track. Like I, Caden uh, and Camden like jumped up like super slow, like just you know the first lap, and then Wiggins was like, "I'm just gonna take the lead right now," and then that's where <laughs> Cameron went all. That's why Cameron went all the way to the back. Like, luckily he. I mean, he put his head down, and like I've never seen Still him did. put his head down. He usually blows out at that point, and uh, put his head down. And came all the way back to uh, I think fourth. Dude, that is not that track was not a track that you wanted to make any mistakes on, especially at that level. Right, but it was that was such a risky to me. It's such a risky jump. There's so many places you could mess up if you hit that thing hard. <laughs> 
Like it was, it was crazy. I don't, I, I mean, I, for me, like I would get past in that section when people would jump really deep into that, into that tabletop or like right up on top of the hill. Right. Uh, I tried to downside because I just didn't want to lose control. It was, it was, it was that crazy, track. but that track was so fun. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was a good track. what do you, so what do you think about that pass after that pass? So basically what happened is little bump just soared, sent his car over Joe. There I saw was, it coming. I thought Joe would do it too. You, know, you but saw Joe it coming? Trying, oh yeah. I saw <laughs> two or three laps before that. So. Was he already kind of like getting a feel for it? Like he knew he was going to yeah, go for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, then, I mean, e-buggy people are doing it. So, I mean, e-truggy is going to go further even, so. But it was, so it looked like, it, so Joe got it back after the jump, right? And then he got a little, he got a little squirrely. Yeah, sideways in the whoops, yeah. And then, right. So it wasn't then, just, I think that pass definitely was what put the pressure on Joe. But man, that was insane, dude. Yeah, it was. I mean, <laughs> 11 what year was, old, you know. You don't know. You don't know what's at stake at eleven. You know, right? It, I mean, you just I, it, send it. I think it was good for both both of those guys, both Joe and Little Bump. That was that was good. I mean, that was what everyone's no. talking about. That pass, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Joe was very classy about it. It looked like Joe tried to get it back, but he, you know, Joe could have been dirty and take taken him out in that in that hairpin after the whoops. Right. He bumped into him, knew he was a mistake. He let off, and it was it is what it was, man. And, I, it was such awesome racing, dude. I, unfortunately, I, I was already gone. I I was off. The, <laughs> I already packed my stuff up. I was already upstairs. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Did you see that?" I'm like, "See what? I'm I'm already uh I'm already in the hotel room catching some sleep." Yeah, no, it was it but was yeah. That that was absolutely. I was supposed to be back in insane. Arizona by then, but that dust storm. I decided to stay the rest of the night. Oh, that dust storm was insane, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then he was on three S. I, I that's what I heard. I that's insane. yeah, I heard that too. I was like, I don't know, but yeah, man, it was uh that was a crazy, crazy pass. So, all right, so I gotta tell everybody. So we, me and you met a long time ago, right? But what's funny yeah. is when I first when I first met Tim, like Tim knew about on the tone, and we talked, we talked on chat, we talked on Facebook um, about coming out to your you had a, a big race out in El El Paso, right? Was where your big uh, race was. No, we met. We talked before that because of Fear Farm. Um, okay, Fear Farm closing. But then you but actually yeah. like, after, like as we were talking online, you actually came to Texas and was at Thornhill, and apparently I walked past you. We didn't even I, we didn't even say hi or anything, and I'm like, no Holy crap! Yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't, didn't even realize Tim was there. Your buddy was there. <laughs> was Your like, buddy why said didn't hi. you say anything, dude? I was. <laughs> I, I guess like, I wow, was recording Mark, and I walked right past Mark you. Mark asked me on the show, doesn't even know who I am. And uh, <laughs> your partner in crime comes right up to you, gives me a big old hug. Who was who that? Is that a Peter? Peter, yeah. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, so <laughs> I I, uh, I thought that was, and I felt bad. I was like, golly. I mean, we, we were talking like we're, we were good buds on online. <laughs> walked right past you when you actually came into town. And that that's a quite a trek from you. I mean, you're in Phoenix. You're in Arizona, right. and then you came all the way to Texas. I might have been here. I even drove. That was uh, – I thank God I don't have to drive anymore. What was that? Do you remember what that – was that the Nationals? It was Nationals, yeah. You guys just came up for the day or something like that, or two days maybe. Oh, that's that's what it was. I was probably just getting some foot, some coverage. but Right. But then I ran into you at – where we really got to know each other was at uh, the first Silver State, which is 2021. That's the first one I went to. On top of and the bar, 
on, on top of the bar. But I think <laughs> so. You and I had a good conversation on the on the casino floor on night one. So if you ever guys ever go to Silver State, it seemed like night one is the night where everyone's out on the casino floor gambling right. and having a good time. And uh, you told me this incredible story about how you got into the industry. I was it was me, it was me, you, Adam, Adam Drake, and I think Rhonda was with us. And uh, tell us about it, dude. Tell us how you got in industry. How how like it wasn't with RC cars. I I thought that was really really interesting. Yeah, so I'm second generation RC dude. You know, uh-huh. that makes Camden number three. Um, so my dad started flying RC airplanes. I think in seventy one ish. Um, uh-huh. I was born in seventy three. Um, I started flying airplanes at like uh, four years old. Um, started competing nationally right around eight years old, um, in pylon racing, which is, you know, 200 mile an hour airplanes flying at eight, you know, 10 foot off the ground. And I'm doing this at eight years old. Like, and these things are like flying at you, like, you know, like a bullet, you know? Um, so I did that. I, in multiple, as younger, I was multiple, uh, national, national record holder, um, in many classes we have, that time i think we had like three or four classes um in planes so they have yeah in planes they had like a junior and senior record nice thing about that is the track's always the same doesn't matter if you hear toledo ohio florida the track what the the pylon course is always the same so oh, they really? actually haven't yeah so they have national records um they keep um so lots a lot of the speed it comes to like different air camp like phoenix is really fast usually um whittier california is super fast but so i did that until man i don't know probably 10 years ago maybe i don't know but so 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 to put it to put in perspective when you were doing all this it was nitro planes nitro planes like running 65 percent nitro a lot of them (laughs) yeah yeah it was like it, in the in the 80s it was like five dollars a flight in the 80s really like yeah it was insane like wow it was not it wasn't a cheap sport but my dad loved it so i just you know kind of did it with him and uh i mean i i shouldn't i i love it too but um did it with him um was sponsored really young by uh craft originally most people won't know what craft radios are <laughs> um, <laughs> <Craft> radios? <laughs> yeah and then uh research it on the web and then uh airtronics was a another big company in pylon racing so like i did that for like a year with them and then um i went in the navy um got stationed at Suki, japan and then um really i was literally a mile from kyosho i didn't even know it like i had no clue never researched it until i got back and also i'm like well when it was funny when can't so back when we were leaving hb obviously some teams were interested in us kyosho was one of them um and uh i'm like to fish i was like dude i used to live in that sugi <laughs> he was like what i'm like yeah he's like he goes you're in the navy i'm like yep <laughs> and so but um going back so like in high school um my dad's like you need to get a job i'm like okay i go ask your hobby shop friend if i can work for him which is a big in town um they have three they used to have four stores but called uh called hobby bench um uh 
an owner's name's Lee Peaster. Um, his son was actually the vice president of proprietary product for Hobbyco. Um, wow. He had left Hobby Bench and went back to Champagne and became, uh, like I said, VP of proprietary product. Is Hobbyco so still around, right? No, Hobbyco went bankrupt in Horizon. Was that, ta- was that, ta- was that Tower? That was Tower. That was the Hobbyco was the parent company of Tower Hobbies in Great Plains distributing. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay, um, okay sorry. So, so I worked at this hobby shop, and um, I was I don't know what happened. I was getting ready to grad. I was graduating, and Rick, the owner son of Hobby Bench, calls me and says, "Hey, you want to come work for us?" out in Hobbyco and I'm like, ooh, that's cool. Like high schooler, you know, and so I start talking to my dad and my dad's like, Tim, there's no way you're moving to Champaign, Illinois at 18 years old. I was 17 actually. At 17 years old, you're not moving to Champaign, Illinois. And, and at this goes, point, at this point, no cars. This was all planes. All airplane stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I mean I I mean I had RC ten. I mean I had hey, here's something. I had the TRX one. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, the the first one of the the first track, <laughs> first car. Yeah, so it was called the TRX One Bullet. And uh, were you racing? Kind of you car. were racing competitively at that time? Not competitively, just kind of fun, like you know, um, locally only. Never traveled with it. Um, yeah, but but yeah, so I had one of the first tracks cars ever you know, that insane. Mike ever had. So it was uh, that was kind of cool. But um, so my dad's like, you are not mature enough to go to a college town, especially. Um, at 18 years old and live on your own and go to work for a hobby company. I'm like, he goes, I would join the air or he goes, I would join the, uh, he was an air force guy. He goes, I would join the Navy if I were you. I'm like, okay, next day I go join the Navy. (laughs) (laughs) Then I joined the Navy. My dad looks at me and goes, why would you do that? They go on six month deployments. Don't you know that? (laughs) I'm like, like, thanks dad. (laughs) So, but best decision ever made. Um, when the Navy, I was, like I said, stationed at Suki, Japan, right where Kyosho is, uh, parent, the hub, uh, the mothership. Then um, I flew a little bit over there. It was kind of cool, like going to these model fields. It was mm-hmm. like back in the day, you used to have these, like, you know, the, the pin you had to pull off for your car or whatever, the clothes. Pin. Oh, yeah. The, uh, so yeah, the frequency, right. frequency clips. Frequency yeah. pins. Yep. yep. So they did it different in Japan. They would have seven or eight fields, uh-huh. and these frequencies flew here. These frequencies flew here, and so they were separated. Right. They would have five or six different fields down the riverbed or whatever, you know, which I thought was cool. Like, like wow. And so I happened to be like this number, and so I'd go fly with these guys, and they loved me. And like, couldn't speak a lick of Japanese, but they just loved me. <laughs> Give me hugs and high fives all the time. So. Um, so that was cool. So I was coming back from Japan and I decided I'm going to go to national. So I called my buddy, Mike Del Pony here. I'm like, Hey, build me all new stuff. I want nothing but new stuff to go to to nationals with. So I did that. And then, um, Mike Stokes, this gentleman, he was, um, the team JR manager back when JR was pretty big. Um, JR gone. JR is gone now. JR's kind of back but um it's under like uh what is that um d-force aviation is called but they don't have any car stuff anymore 
No uh, servos. I remember them from servos. The, the servos are still good. I mean, probably the best servo still. I mean, yeah. Hey, I'm sponsored by Fataba now, so I can't say that. But yeah. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, the servos were always amazing. So I was coming out. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to nationals, whatever. And so it just filled everything new for me. I went all new stuff. Let's go. And so I ended up going. I hadn't really flown a pylon plane in two years. I ended up getting second place at the nationals. So um, the JRT wow. manager comes over to me and he was actually retired Navy. He's like, hey, so I think we make a good relationship. You being in the Navy. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's awesome. So they sponsored me at that point. So that was my into um, at that time. It was called Hobby Dynamics. It was not part of Horizon yet. Jeez. Um, and so, kind of a caveat on that, real quick. I'll, I'm not trying to bore people, but that was actually owned by Bill Bennett, who owned Circus Circus. Was Hobby Dynamics? Circus Circus the, the casino. Yeah. Really. And so he yeah he used to put on a model airplane event, hundred grand, uh, in. Uh, at right out by the silver bowl um track really um, yeah called tournament of champions and that that uh, event went like from like 73 to like 2002 wow. hundred thousand every every year he put up um Damn, yeah he insane. was a big rcs but so it's funny about that whole thing though how that how hobby dynamics got started was the president and ceo of hobby co walked uh -huh. into mr bennett's office and said I'm going to take JR radios from you. And he goes, you're going to do what? Because they had the distributorship of JR at Circus Circus. There used to be a, a hobby shop in Circus Circus. called Really? Circus. Yeah. We're talking called, about the Circus Circus in Las Vegas. Yes. It used to be called Circus Circus Hobbies. Research wow. And they had, the exclusive rights on J they had exclusive rights on JR radios. So this guy, this guy goes into Mr. Bennett's office and says, Hey, I'm going to take JR radios from you. He goes, Mr. Bennett looks at him and goes, no, you're not. And two weeks later, they had Hobby Dynamics open in Champaign, Illinois, as a major distributor against Hobbyco. Wow. <laughs> so, but back on that. So, um, so I got sponsored by Hobby Dynamics, which ended up selling to Horizon probably during that middle of the time while I was still, um, I had two more years left of the Navy. And, um, so during that two years, I was ready to, uh, get out of the Navy. So I, um, Mike Stokes, the team manager, team JR manager was like, Hey, we have a job for you here. He writes me a contract to get out of the, get out of the Navy early. Actually, I got a six month early out, um, mm -hmm. to go to work for horizon as they hobby dynamics had sold the horizon at that point. Right. And, uh, I go, okay, no problem. So I'm like literally in philadelphia getting out of the navy getting ready to move to champagne and mike calls me he goes hey i'm changing my plans here but i want you to be a part of it so he goes hey why don't you come work for me in in, in indianapolis now I'm like okay that's close he goes to it used to be called ndrc which was a big tower hobby another mm -hmm. miller company i said okay who was a big customer of horizons so my sponsorship was still good, even though they were a distributor. And they had the, like the Zenoa engines, um, uh -huh. the weed eater engines. Um, okay. Like all the like the fit scale cars run. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so Indy, Indy RC had the exclusive on those. 
and they were just uh, a mail order company. And at that point, Horizon was like, we are never doing mail order ever. Like, there's no way. And so I ended up going to work for Indy. And then I think Rick Stevens saw the writing on the wall, like, ooh, I better like not say I'm never going to do a catalog division. Um, So he started inquiring about buying NDRC for their customer list because that they're, you know, pretty big um, distributor. These guys, um, literally the owners of that company (laughs) were like, they liked me, but they like, I was interviewing at Horizon already, like on the backside, nobody knew. So they ended up, they found out I was interviewing. So they started blackballing me on going to Horizon in, in, during the buyout process. Wow. So, yeah. So Horizon's buying this company. I'm interviewing at the company. And then the owners are like, oh, he's interviewing here? Oh, he's the worst employee ever. <laughs> so as I'm working at NDRC, Luckily, the uh, the vice president of catalog sales uh, for Horizon saw that I was probably the best employee that they had, and well, literally, so, and were you like oh, an engineer or just a? No, I was working uh, customer service, like uh, and working the hobby shop. They had a hobby shop in the front. Yeah. Um, did customer service, and <clears throat> so they at Horizon. Go, I should, yeah, I'm kind of going everywhere. Sorry. Um, so Horizon comes over, and I find out the night before Horizon bought us. And I like, like I said, I had been interviewing. I was sponsored by Horizon. Da da da. So I'm sitting there, and all all my fellow employees, our buddies, are going up to coworkers are going up to HR, and you know, having a discussion like, "Oh, you got a job in Champagne if you want it." And they help they hold me to last, right? Like I get up there, and I they go, "We don't have a job for you." And I was like, honestly, <laughs> I'm like, no job for me. Like, I'm like the best employee here, in my in my opinion, obviously. <laughs> I go, I'm sponsored by you guys. Like, yesterday was the greatest day of my life when I found out you bought us, you know. Right. And now there's no job for me. They're like, yeah, no, but we're going to give you a big severance package. And they did huge severance package, which is awesome. And then uh, they're like, yeah, we want you to finish the hobby shop. As we close the hobby shop here and move to Champagne, we want you to work. So I... I just did my job, you know. I worked every day and showed up every day, and um, I was gonna stay there till our. We had one more national. Uh, I had the nationals in Muncie, Indiana. I was in Indianapolis, so it was like an hour and a half away. And uh, they're like, "Yeah, just work to nationals, and then that's when we're gonna actually close the shop, anyways." And you can just go home from there. I was like, "Okay." So I, I'm at nationals again here, you know, pylon racing, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden. I get this tap on my shoulder, like, hey, can we talk for a second? And I look, and it's one of the, the sales uh, manager of Horizon tapping me on the shoulder. Like, wow. hey, I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes. And all my stuff has moved back to Phoenix already. Like, everything. It's uh-huh. in a truck. Like, I'm there. I end up getting second place again, by the way, for Nationals. That was <laughs> number two. <laughs> um but uh, she uh, she was like, hey, Tim, you know, we made a really big mistake. And, you know, I think I'm like 22 at the time. So we think uh, we want you, we would really like you to come to Champagne after this and not go back to Phoenix. And I'm like, oh, like, that's a big decision. My family, I, had a 20, I have a 22-year-old daughter, but she was only like two at the time. She's already 
back in Phoenix. My ex wife mm-hmm. is back in Phoenix. I'm like, man, I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, she's like, we really made a mistake. We realized that you were the one that we wanted, <laughs> not the other one. And I'm like, I could have told you that a long time ago. <laughs> and so <laughs> she said, uh, you know, so I just, I accepted the opportunity. I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, that's, I mean, that was my dream I wanted anyways, it was to work, you know. So I went there as a lead product support guy to Horizon. Um, I asked them like, hey, what about the severance package? You know, um, you know, because they gave it to me like three months before. And I'm like, I can't. And like at that point, I'm 22 years old. I can't pay it all back, you know. like. Right. And she's like, that's a gift. Don't worry. That's for us making wow. a mistake. Wow. Heck and yeah, I was dude. Like, <laughs> I was like, rock on. <laughs> I'm like, yours on me tonight. <laughs> so... Um, so I accepted the job and then, uh, so I, I went in there as a lead product support guy. Um, and then maybe three weeks later, they're like, Hey Tim, uh, we think you're more than a lead. Um, we would like you to become the, uh, supervisor of product support. I'm like, okay. And horizon was just growing leaps and bounds at that time. Like, and it's probably, what, what, year, what year was this? So horizon was buying up at what, what year was this when all this was happening? Probably like 98. Damn. Yeah. So they, they've, maybe, they've been in acquisition mode for a long time. Maybe 97, 98. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just because they, they didn't have the catalog division. That was the whole point. Right. They didn't have the catalog division. So they, and Indies was really big. Um, yeah. So they decided to, uh, like I said, um, I go back there and like, it was like just boom, boom. Like I'm just jumping this company. Like, and they're like, oh, we want you to become the now we want you to become the supervisor of product support and service center. What do you feel about that? And I'm like, okay. Then they're like, no, then there's another like eight, 10 weeks down the road. They're like, well, actually you need to get supervisors under you. Cause I think I had like 27 employees at the time. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, uh, so you need supervisors. You need to become the uh, product support man and service center manager. I'm like, okay. I'm just like, you know, yeah. just, Navy life skills. Yeah, that, that's help. crazy. You're you're mid low early to mid twenties climbing the corporate ladder that freaking like, fast and insane. Like just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It was it was awesome. And then uh so then the fun comes out. Like now I've got to deal with situations of really pissed off people. Like uh-huh. when I took the phone call, when it got to me. It was not a good conversation about a $25,000 jet crashing because of one of our products. Right. You know, that was, uh, I'm sure your friends that work at Traxxas probably have said customer service. It's, I tell people it's like a three year job, man. You can, you can get it before you kill yourself. It's like three years. <laughs> Cause especially in a position where I was, where nobody's praising your employees because the supervisors took that call. Right. If it went from the supervisor to me, it was just, it was going to, it was going to be ugly, but, um, the Stevens family always said I had an open checkbook, just make the customer happy. That was their motto. Like mm-hmm. whatever it takes, you know, if you need to write $25,000 check for a jet, write it. If you, if you feel it's justified. Right. Um, so that was really super cool. And then, so, but with that, we had this little receiver called the JRR 610. I'll never forget it. Like this little receiver caused me so much headache. But it gave me probably one of the best things ever out of my in my life. Um, so 
this receiver, I kept getting calls about this airplane in California called the Zaggy that literally was trashing with our product in it. Uh And um, so our research and development team digging into it, they're like, Tim, there's nothing wrong with it, man. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's nothing, you know, we've flown this airplane with all the stuff you're telling us, you know, like for like. And I'm getting 15 to 20 calls a week saying we're crashing their airplanes in California. Like this Zaggy was like, it was like the uh, uh, slash of airplanes for a long time. Okay. Yep. Um, it was just selling, selling, selling. Yeah, it was super and I'm awesome. like, so finally I'm like to my, my boss, Beverly, I'm like, Hey, do you care if I order one of these airplanes and like just test it myself? She was like, absolutely do it. So I get one. I start going at lunch and that, then I realized I could crash this airplane at spur of the moment. I knew exactly what I needed to do. So I'm like, okay, now it's time to have a meeting. So I walk into the president's office and I said, Hey, can you come out at lunch one day? And like, I'd like to have a meeting with you and maybe R and D and um, Beverly. And they're like, yeah, Tim, not a problem. We'll, we'd love to like, you know, if you mm-hmm. think you found something. Yeah. So I take him out back and I start crashing this airplane. Like literally every time I could make it hit the ground. Like, and I'm like, John, look at the R and D manager. I'm like, look at my hands off that stick. So, you know, I'm not pushing the down elevator. And uh, what it was, was the speed control was not good, which uh-huh. the receiver was. So like a lot of people, I don't know the listeners here, the dirtiest part of a speed control is half throttle. Cause that's where the speed control is working the most. Uh-huh. So a full I, throttle. I didn't know that. So that makes sense. Yeah. Full throttle, zero throttle. The speed control is doing nothing. It's, you know, letting electrons through, holding them out. Half mm-hmm. throttle. It doesn't know which way to go, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's where the, the dirtiest part of the speed control is. So the crystal filter, so I was crashing these airplanes like at, and, uh, the, the president looks at me and goes, well, I'll tell you what, you can recall a product at any moment from here on out. If you do this kind of dil- diligence and test it. <laughs> so we found, so I was able to, at that point to you know, recall anything I wanted and R and D did not like me at that point. Like, cause I just proved them basically saying, we have no problems, you know, typical, yeah. you know, typical response to everybody. Nope. It's good. Right. It's their problem. Not ours. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the owner was like, um, do whatever you need to do from here on out. Um, well, so at that point, guess who wanted me out of products or product support and service center, the proprietary product, the proprietary product guys in the R and D department did not want me in that position anymore. You were, so you were, they, you were, you were busting their, their flaws, right? <laughs> Exploiting right. their flaws. So I also, they came down to me one day, uh, Dave Carly, who was the vice president of proprietary products comes sits in my office, goes, Hey, we've noticed you've been playing with electric airplanes. That's not what I wanted to do, Mark. That was not why I was doing that. I was doing tests for this product. Right. But it happened right. to be an electric airplane. <laughs> They're like, we really want to start an electric brand. I'm like, you're going to be the electric product manager if you accept this job. And it was like, I don't know, $25,000 or raise and, you know, get yeah, a piece of, right. right. And get a piece of every product sold. And like, oh, God, that's, like, a, that's a crazy good deal. Yeah, I know. It was, it was awesome. And yeah. uh, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do as a project manager. You guys going to teach me? He's like, absolutely. So, so they taught me by like, hey, Tim, you're going to start an electric 
plane company. You don't know the name. You you come up with everything. And so oh my God. I, was, <laughs> I had a plain piece of paper, basically. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't even know who I'm supposed to contact to buy product from, you know? I'm like, they're like, blank sheet. So me and the marketing director kind of got along, a uh, good friend, Pete Goldsmith. And uh, I go, Pete, what do I do? I go, what do we name this thing? Like, what, you know, I go, I, I go, why don't we call it E-Flight? Like, because <laughs> I like the Top Flight logo and we just do E-Flight. And I was playing a lot of golf at the time. And uh, that's how E-Flight started was actually like a bar napkin and uh if you look at the logo this if you look at this logo today i'm thank god top flight you probably can't sue anymore but it it's basically a top flight golf ball logo (laughs) (laughs) so so e-flight's huge now right if not the biggest electric it's their biggest airplane company yep dude that's insane i wish i wish i you know if i would have been smart at that point i would have wrote maybe you know where i got it you know a little bit of for the rest of my life, but yeah, I didn't. I worked for them, so kind of sucked. <laughs> oh my god! So, so but you it's still cool every day. I see E Flight product, and I'm like, wow, you know. So, how long be... were you with E Flight, and then how did that? How did that? Um, so end? I was about 2002. Like I said, the whole product managing thing, they really didn't give me the tools to become a good product manager. And I was getting really frustrated, like feeling I was letting people down because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I need to go home and finish. I, I go, I just want to go back to Arizona. I hated the weather and champagne too. Um, I'm like, I'm going to go finish my business degree. Now, I want to go back to Phoenix, maybe take a couple of, you know, a year and a half off, two years to finish my degree. Mm-hmm. And so I walked in the president's office and he's like, he was like, yeah, man, like, no worries. Like you, you go home and, um, literally, uh, we'll pay for it. We'll pay for your school. And I was really? like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm like, wow, I can't beat this deal. Like, yeah, right. we'll, we'll give you, we'll, we'll have you go to like, uh, so like nurse, uh, um, RCX, all the, all the shows they wanted me to go to, um, for them. Hey, that's crazy, um, dude. So they're paying me a salary. I mean, not as what I was making there, but they're giving me a very good salary to be like a West Coast field rep, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did that for like about two years. Then um, I realized at that point, though, I'd probably never go back to Champaign, Illinois, because Phoenix weather is so like, I mean, amazing. It's just crazy. It's crazy cold there, right? Yeah, it's crazy cold. Like the whole. Um, is there anything time, out there like, aside from Horizon? Is there anything out there? Well, I mean, you had Hobbyco. <laughs> I mean, you had <laughs> both of them. So, I mean, that was that was. I mean, you have U of I there. That, but it's like a awesome. it's like a hobby town, right? Like, other than that, I'm trying to like trying to picture what's. Is it a pretty relatively uh, small town? Just big no, hobby companies? It's, there? No, it's because the uh, University of Illinois is there. Okay. So, um, no, it's a big college town for sure. I mean, it decent size mall um but yeah no it's still small town living for sure but it's really cold in the winter time i i used to travel like when i was doing product development i would go test in florida go test here in phoenix like anytime i could get out to go to an event i was gone like so i was only i was usually only office on um 
Tuesday, basically Tuesday, Wednesday, I was in the office and I'd be out of the office usually Thursday through Monday, like traveling somewhere as much as I could. So you hated, you hated champagne. I hated it. So I came back here and I ended up, uh, hacker, like hacker brushless um, motors, the brush, the whole brushless motor industry started to get going. Uh And, um, so the owner of hacker brushless USA was like, Hey Tim, we could really use some help with the sales and, you know, can you come be a general manager for us? So I'm like, I'm like, well, these guys are paying me. I was, you know, going to school still. And he's yeah. like, we'll, we'll make it worth your while. And I'm like, okay. I go, we'll try it. You know? So I did that. So then I had to go recruit some uh, hobby guys. Right. So I walked into my old store that I used to work at hobby bench and I'm like, to my buddy Mike, the manager, I'm like, "Hey, who do you got here? Would be a good candidate for me to would we want to make it RC kind of a career?" And he goes, "This guy right here, Billy Fisher." Oh my god, seriously? Yes, sir. <laughs> and that's how Billy Fisher and I became friends. Really? Well, so yep. Billy Fisher, Billy Fisher was uh, was he? He was probably racing at that time. He was racing. Yeah, he racing racing for Losi. Wow. Um, yeah. So he. uh he worked for me for about two years, or a year and a half, I think. He says it's shorter than that, but he's like, you brought me in left, man. <laughs> I'm like, no. I think it was a so, year and a half or so. So this company but, that you started working for that started making these – so at that time, you you left. You left uh, – it was Hobby Horizon. Or Horizon? Horizon, but I was still sponsored by Horizon. I was still a part of Horizon, but uh, I just wasn't getting paid at that point. Um, gotcha. I was, I was sponsored by Horizon for like 26 years, I think. Jeez. Uh, until we left for HB, that's when uh, when Cameron. I mean, Cameron's the reason I left, not me. Um, you know, HB came to him. But and, you, you uh, kind of you got out of the E flight. You got out of the E flight kind of game whenever you moved back to Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. I was done. I was just a field rep for them at that point. Hey but man, planning planning to go back, but yeah, then I you never went back. <laughs> yeah, no. Jeez. So. Dude, yeah. that's insane, man. Like I, I knew that you uh, whenever so whenever we were talking, it was Adam was like, Yeah, man, Tim Tim was really big into planes and had a, a yeah. big Im- impact on E Flight. I was like, E Flight's huge. <laughs> and I was like, seriously? But that, yeah, that's so. absolutely insane, dude. So speaking of that, so like when I was the product support and service center manager is when we bought Los when Horizon bought Losi, right? And uh-huh. so the CFO comes in my office one day with a bunch of like drivers, like salaries and everything. He's like, Hey, you think you can use any of these guys here? And it was like, <laughs> I think it was like Chewy, Drake, and I forget. And they're like, Can you use any of these guys back here? Or Matt Francis, um, maybe, maybe Ken Waltz then too. I, and I'm like, Looking at the dollar figures, I'm like, Not on my budget. <laughs> <laughs> Especially California money, you know. We're in Champaign, Illinois. You know, I'm paying most of my guys are making like ten dollars, twelve dollars an hour, you know. <laughs> right. And these guys are racers, you know, like making pretty good money back then. I mean, Francis did really well for himself. Whatever happened to Matt Francis? I remember uh, he's a re- uh, realtor in like San Francisco or Sacramento area. Interesting. So yeah. So so Bay now area. Billy, so Billy's back. He's running. He run, I see him running open now, which makes sense. He's he's got he's got a little bit older. I mean, he's he's definitely open pace, and he he pits for Joe, right? Yeah, yep. So Billy's been a huge asset for us. I mean, uh, 
I mean, we struggled last year. Um, Spencer was trying some stuff. Camden and, you know, our car was not the best for U.S. style tracks. You know, it was yeah. more developed for Canoss and that kind of stuff over Boots. in Europe. Because, yeah, so even though Elliot won 2019 at Silver State with the car, so I can't really say, it's like, can't really say that. I mean, like, so, right. but uh, yeah, he, uh, but Billy, Billy's a very, very, very smart individual that is a huge asset. Like Joe, when, when I was doing this stuff with Joe, Joe called me one day. He's like, Hey, what do you think about Billy being my mechanic? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Whatever it takes. Also, it wasn't even, it wasn't even you that brought Billy over to S works. No, Joe. Cause Joe really? and him, the techno. Yeah. Joe and him had a really good relationship at techno. And uh, so Joe, yeah. Joe goes, what do you think about Billy being my mechanic? And I was like, and Billy's always been kind of a mentor to Camden. I was like, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> wow, dude. That's freaking. So all that you had, you went through the whole E flight, all the plane stuff. And then Billy's Billy's back, back on back Billy's, with the team. Billy's back with the team. Dude, that's freaking insane. Yeah. I, re I remember you telling us that, telling me that story. And I was like, I, I wanted to know more about that. So I was really excited yeah. about you telling me. But that's crazy how long-winded. Sorry, guys, if that bored you. <laughs> no, no, dude. I, I, I mean, I loved it. I think that it's it tells so much of a it tells a great story on how involved you are in the hobby because a, a lot of people didn't know that. And and right. the crazy the crazy part is is to to racers to RC drivers, they're and they're, this is probably going to piss people off. Is they're relatively close-minded, right? And what they don't realize is that plane world huge. That bashing world, right. huge, like way bigger than racing, probably will Absolutely. ever be. So you had this huge Absolutely. involvement in the hobby, and Absolutely, uh, yeah, it's been it's yeah. it's crazy. All disciplines, man. I mean, I I like to go run a boat here and there too. You know, like boats are awesome. <laughs> really? Yeah, we used to go like I used to take all my at the service center horizon. We used to go out and uh, run boats, and we had a. Uh, lake by my house i'd just bring a cooler of beer for everybody and like just go down and drink a bunch of beer and like race boats around this lake um for the the whole pro boat thing because these people would send boats back and like at that time horizon didn't really care what happened to them they're like just you know if you guys want to fix them and take them you know whatever and go run them so we do that um are you familiar with like the cox pt19 no uh, you control like you know string control plane um no. It was like a trainer plane. It had like a 049 engine. The cool thing about that engine was it doesn't have the exhaust ports are open. So you can fly these things at night by the glow of the engine. And like you're oh, spinning around cool. <laughs> because you can see the glow in the engine and you fly this thing around. And I saw it take them out and have it. And it was a plastic airplane that was rubber banded together. And so if you hit grass, the rubber bands would just shoot off and you could fix it real quick. So these guys would go out and, you know, drink a six pack and try to fly this thing it was awesome. <laughs> so what, what was the name of that company? The brushless motor company again, hacker brushless USA. Okay. So what, whenever you, how did that, how did that end and transition into you and Camden um, running, you were running HB for a while, right? Um, so yeah, so hacker, I decided to go basically back to the family business. My dad owned an AC company. Okay. And, um, so I was like, 
you know, like that's why Billy said I left him in like six months, but it was like a year and a half, I think. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so I went, I'm like, I better get in the family business. So then at that point I, um, started flying a little bit more, quite a bit more on the airplane side. I was getting ready to go to, uh, the world championships in York, England. Um, and Cameron, I think was maybe two or three at that time. And, uh, I'd go out practicing and behind the, my flying field where I practice at was the nitro pit. And like, and like Kenny Brosh, um, Billy was back in the days. Like, and so they, I'd be practicing. And also my kid would disappear like two or three year old kid, you know, like mom's going to kill me. Like <laughs> he'd run across the parking lot and go watch these eight scale cars all the time, you know? And I'm like, and like Kenny Brosh or those guys would just call me like, Hey Tim, we've got Cameron over here. Do you, do you want him to stay here? You know, I'm like, yeah, if he's, if he's not in the way, they were like, yeah, we got a Marshall. <laughs> like, you know, so this two, this two year old kid would be out there flipping their cars over and, you know, like, but, uh, but he had a good head on his shoulders and they, they saw that right away. And uh, so I think about Cameron was like five. I pretty much, um, I think I went to maybe one more. Uh, 2003, I finally won my national championship. And I think that's when I, that's pretty much when I kind of quit. Quit. Um, I, it happened to be here in Phoenix, um, the nationals that year and uh, ended up winning it um, with borrowed stuff. My buddy's like, hey, just go race it. So ended up racing and I ended up winning. Wow. I'm like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> that's awesome. And so. But at that point, yeah, Camden started showing really a lot of interest. So at three years old, I got Camden to slash for Easter. Um, nice. So I would go out there and I'd put cones out in my driveway and put them on a stopwatch. Like, you got to go around this and let's look at corner speed and we'll yeah. keep trying to get faster and faster. And so he did that. And then um, we were at a hobby shop one day and my buddy was like, Cameron was like five running a two wheel drive, uh, like a 22. And he kept counter steering through a corner at five. And it wow. wasn't like one time, it was like four or five times in this corner. And he goes, dude, five year olds don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, he goes, you need to concentrate on that a little bit more. So we started doing a little bit more 10, uh, 12, uh, eight scale racing. And, um, I think about eight, we we're at a, we were at the track in Mayfield, myself, Billy, and, I think Mayfield was pitting for Camden at like eight and uh, Cameron passed me like I was standing still. And I was like, little shit. (laughs) (laughs) And somehow his wings falling off. You know, I I think those low C ones that I clipped in at that point, they didn't have screws. And uh, so I was like, screw it. I'll just pull my car. Cause he was like in the lead or whatever. And this club was like a series race. And I'm like, I pull my car off and like Mayfield just changed the wing real quick, you know? So I pull my car in and it goes, Mayfield at that time looks at me and goes, dude, you need to quit racing, concentrate on that kid. <laughs> and so that's kind of when I quit. Dude. That's what kind of quit right then. Like I was like, well, if he's telling me that means he sees something, you know, at, at that point. And um, yeah, so we, did the whole we were still with Losi at the time i was still sponsored by horizon um i think it was we went to the world in 2016 um mm-hmm. with Losi. um at that point the support level at Losi was not very good adam had already left um i would well, have that was to right that was right after they bought Losi then 
Uh, no, Horizon Balosi, like in the nineties or two thousand. Oh, oh, it was Proline yeah. Pro when they bought Proline is when Adam they brought Proline. They called like two years ago, three years ago. But yeah. um, no, um, it was after Adam got let go at Horizon. Um, the the team manager was I'm not going to say his name. I mean, he's a cool guy, but he would never return an email at all like when adam was there i would have to send an email to this team manager i know who and it is. copy and copy and copy adam in every time did his name start with a k yes um <laughs> last name started with a g um so then exactly after he after he left right uh, i was like oh great after adam left i'm like whatever well todd hodge and i were friends when i worked at horizon you know so i was like so now i'm not just sending it to kg I'm sending it to Todd Hodge all the time. This, you know, like yeah. any kind of question. And what kind of really blew me away was Nash for Worlds. You have to run 25% Nitro. So I sent Kevin a message. I said, hey, well, I wasn't <laughs> supposed to say name. his name. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, so for Worlds, are you guys going to make a special batch of Nitro team for 25%? Or do I need to go find my own deal for fuel? And he's like, you need to find your own fuel. It's like, I go, I make, as I've been with Horizon for so long, I said, when I make a deal, it's usually for a long time. It's a loyalty right. thing to me. Like, I'm not going to just jump ship for the next best deal. I'm, I commit to you, I'm committing to you. And um, so at that time, uh, so like Tommy was the, v, uh, the yeah. VP. And I was like, yep. hey, Tommy. He's like, absolutely. And so that the whole Power Masters thing, Back to my airplane racing, I was sponsored by Power Master, so oh it kind of went, it kind of went full circle, and Tommy wow. loved it, you know. And uh, so that's like, why yeah. that's why the twenty five percent fuels came out. Yes, at the worlds, I, I didn't even I didn't know that either, dude. I'm learning yeah. so much right now. That's crazy. So yeah, for worlds, you have to run twenty five percent. I think this worlds we might have to be run sixteen percent. Is what it sounded like. I don't know yet, one hundred percent. But wow. Europe now they have it even yeah you can't even run twenty five anymore. But so. as soon as, as soon as everyone comes back to the states, they're back on thirty, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Dakota no Brent runs twenty five, Dakota runs thirty. That's right. So, um, but yeah, it was uh, so I, I'm like, hey, I, if I'm making a fuel deal, it's making a fuel deal for you know until something happens and, um. So when Kelly kind of took that whole program off, I mean, she's a cool lady, but yeah, she was like, yeah, sorry, we're not going to support you anymore. So that's when we ended up at TNR. But yeah, I'm, I'm at, I met with Kelly at PNB. She was at PNB. Yeah, she's super cool. Um, yeah, so then um, we were at that world. And Adrian Bertine saw Cameron running, and Adrian contacted me like, hey, we really like uh Kevin to be a part of our team, you know, what do you think? And um, it's kind of funny on that whole thing was that we decided to do it. And then Torrance de Guzman was like pissed off at them thinking Kevin was totally some other kid that might be from the Midwest that was known to yell at the driver's stand. So, so if you guys don't know Torrance, Torrance is the, he's the main engineer behind HB, right? Absolutely. Yeah. HB, so, amazing car. And, and yeah, just so I, you know, you said Camden screaming and stuff. Camden, the the few times I've met and talked to Camden, very respectful, has a great presence at the track. Uh, seems like a really, really, really good kid. Um, 
and hats off to that man. He's he's awesome. So, but Torrance, yeah. So when Torrance found out Cameron was coming on board, he thought he was a kid from uh, like the um, Midwest that might have been kicked out of Roar event before, but uh, won't say that name either. But and so, but it wasn't Camden. It was not Camden. No. Nope. And uh, wait, I think so, I know who that is. Yeah, I'm not. Does I'm he not still race? For the, I'm leaving it that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dang it! Come I mean, on, man. He just made the main at Silver State. Okay, okay, now, okay, now I know exactly who it is. I know exactly. So Torrance was like, "I cannot believe you guys did that." Da, 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 and like, you know, um, yeah. So then he finds out it wasn't him. He was like, "Oh, thank goodness." Dude, that is that is so, too funny. But yeah, so that kind of we did that, and then um, we were having some engine issues. Um, but one of the things with that whole program was that we had to run a certain dude's engine. Otherwise, we weren't part of the team. I was told specifically after we were testing Ultimate stuff that if Camden ever ran a different engine, that we needed to look for a new chassis. And I was like, wow, okay. Wait, and so this, I, was one year, this was one year with HB. HB, HB yeah. They, they, so they that, wanted you to run OS. No, 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 no. The designer of the engine that they made that they made themselves who might be like rona phelps mechanic adrian bertine literally said you cannot run anything other than my engine if you run any other than that you you got to look for a new chassis what are you allowed to say what engine it was the performer or you know CRF Orion, the performer. Oh, whatever CRF. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Orion. Yeah. And that, Orion then, used to be huge. Dakota used then to be the, the performer. You know, they changed it to performer, whatever else. But they, Adrian was specifically like he asked to run my engine. Like otherwise, you're not. You know, you, you better find a different chassis. And I was like, so I get on like the team chat, right? I'm like, hey, does anybody else have this contract where you have to run his engine only? I lasted on there for like 10 minutes and I was kicked off because <laughs> every, because oh, Cole doesn't run it, you know, like all these other guys are running other engines, except for David, David and Camden had to run the performance stuff. Um, yeah. So dude, that was, insane. that was kind of like the writing on the wall. And we were actually, uh, nationals at Thornhill, um, when Cameron made the semis, he, uh, um, Adrian, oh, hold on, wait. Real, real quick before you go on with the Performa thing. That you know that engine that Tebow used to run, that teal blue head. That wasn't a Performa, was it? That was an OS based engine, correct? Maxima. Maxima. Okay, and that's OS based. OS based. Yeah, that's OS based. That, okay, okay, yeah, sorry. Mayfield, Spencer, all those, those guys run My bad. Yeah. Okay, so, go ahead, sorry. Um. So I had actually before the Nationals in Thornhill. Um. I had talked to Brent Densford about running Ultimate, which is OS based. Um, yeah. And Brent, and I was like, amazing guy. Yeah, awesome. I was like going, man, I just don't know that because we just have these ghost flame mounts and everything else and all this stuff. And so I yeah. get this engine from Brent. We run it, we put a different head on it, ran it at um, a race in El Paso. I did the Mayfield thing, I just put a different head on yep. it, put the Orion head on it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, had a pretty good weekend with it. Um, pretty good. Then Adrian sent us a bunch of new engines um, for nationals. 
And so I ran those, and they're probably the best agents we ever had. However, Tommy at that time goes, hey, you're running Italian-based agents. You probably should not be running Testament Fuel. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, the, the metal, Italian metal is very porous material compared to the Japanese is really tight. So you have a lot of air gaps in there. So you need, you need to run a caster-based fuel. I was like, oh. He's like, yeah, so run the RC Pro fuel and see how it does. Or it just never ran better. <laughs> like, really? But at that point, I already had the S-Works, S-Works car sent to me to test and, you know, everything starts happening. Adrian and I had a big falling out over the engine stuff. And uh, so we decide, um, you know, we're going to test this car pretty heavily. So I took it to the Cheyenne, uh, took it to Cheyenne, Wyoming in August that year. And then uh, we still had, you know, four or five months left under our contract. And then um, we, uh, RCGP is coming in October, right? Yeah. I'm gonna prepare. I'm gonna prepare for RCGP. Like we're gonna go win this fucking race. Whoops, sorry. No, um, you're all good. You're all good. <laughs> and uh, I was like, so I decided I'm gonna rent the track out Thunder Alley, right? Uh huh. Um, in September, I'm like, so, but we also want to test the S-Works car at the same time, you know. So I'm like, I I want the track to be closed. Like nobody, I want nobody there. Um, so. I do that. I rent it out, and then I have Torrance come with us to test, and then uh, Tyler Brown too. So we we all go there and test, and they're like, "We want to run the S Works car too." Like even Torrance, really? <laughs> HB, yeah. 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 He's like, so it was so funny. Like we, so we're there to test, you know, um, for RCGP. We're testing because we were sponsored by AK. I didn't want anybody to see us running the spec tire, so. Right. Um, Daniel sent me a bunch of spec tires just to test um, for that. Um, Which that's so, understandable, so, though. I don't think yeah, so. I don't think I was, you know, so yeah. Um, your buddy got wind of the test, by the way, um, that lived down the street, husband and wife, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so. Adam comes walking up, like, yeah, hey, I have the track rented, right? Comes walking uh-huh. up has an engine in his hand he's like oh i'm just here to give an engine to um someone's supposed to meet me here <laughs> i'm like he goes we're going to race at ocrc tonight and i'm like wait i have the track rented right now like nobody's supposed to be here <laughs> right and he just he just hung out it was cool it was like i'm like hmm, what's is he here for that but uh yeah no um but he watched the car run around the track of the S-Works car. And, how, uh, how did yeah. that? How did the S-Works thing even come about? I, I, so, because S-Works is based out of Europe. Uh, so our manufacturing facility is in Taiwan. Well, that's where it originally um, uh, originated at. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it in Taiwan? And then um, when the economy went bad, um, they had some bad months at S-Works. Um, MW Products, which is an Austrian distributor, had a lot of products coming from that manufacturing facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ended up buying the, buying all of it from Scott Yang. Um, so, so now it's based out of Australia? Austria? Austria. Austria. Yeah. So, um, so 
as we're testing this car, trying to decide what we're going to do for the next year, you know, um, how that whole thing started was Team Mexico. Uh, Ricardo? Pouch? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ricardo was like, Tim, Tim, Canada needs to drive S-Works. And I'm like, well, see what you can do. We'll, we'll test it. You know, I have no issue with that. And so he started contact with Max in Austria and uh, Franco RC1 distributor in um, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and they, everybody was like in line with it. Um, at that time, I think it was only cab running the car in the States. So they were hoping, you know, maybe to get a little bit more. Um, and so yeah, when, when as, cab got signed, that would kind of threw everybody. Cause at that point, S works wasn't really known at that time. It was like, I mean, we knew that that was, car was there, but we didn't, we didn't know that it was capable. So when, right. S, when, uh, when cab hopped on, we were every, that threw everybody off. We were like, what? Right. And that's kind and of, Ka and then cab started kicking everybody's butt. And we're like, Hey, that car's legit. Right. And that, I mean, that's kind of what peaked our eyes with cab, you know, doing decent with it. And, uh, so I knew the platform was good. Um, all you have to do is go look at Mayfield's car and you pretty much can cop. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I would see Cab do that all the time. Go look at Mayfield's car and then go back. So that's the only reason I said that. Um, but, but uh, yeah, so like we did, so we decided that RCGP, um, you know, and um, which Adam pitted in the semis for Camden, which was awesome. Um, and then uh, it's, if you watch the video of the final, like after Camden, like, the RC uh, TV guys were like, they say, oh, Kevin had the fastest pit guy in the world, and now he has these two clowns in the final. It was it was classic. They're like, you go from Drake to these two clowns? Like, how is that possible? But Adam had to go to work. Otherwise, I think Adam would have pitted for him in the finals. But, yeah, the RC TV. But he ended up winning. I think, Cam, we won by, like, 30-some seconds, which is pretty pretty big win, considering you had, like, Western Guard um pavitas um yeah. yeah robinson like it was i mean it was stacked dagani you know i think dagani <laughs> was like seven laps down but don't tell him that um <laughs> he'll say he'll say blame it on the ancient car given the mayako he would have won but right but Whatever. uh during that during that race it was pretty funny adrian bertin comes taps me on the shoulder it's like this is the way i've always wanted to see him drive and i kind of might have been a cocky asshole and i kind of turn around and look at him and go What's going to cost you now? <laughs> so yeah, that but, dude, that's crazy. Okay, so S works. Cab Cab gets an S works. Now you're you're you are now the, at some point were appointed team manager. So during that time, I said, "Here's the idea. If you guys want to help us, we'll help you." Um, you know, I was at, at that point I had already been the um, RC Concepts team manager, um, so. I kind of knew the gig and, you know, been around RC all my life. So I kind of knew that. Mm -hmm. um, so they were like, yeah, let's do this, you know, program together. So as I took the program over, we had Camden and Cab. That was it. Like I had two drivers. Like, yeah. So then, <clears throat> then I started recruiting a little bit. Um, you know, I had like that kid in Texas that was uh, really good for our brand. Not really, but, um, the uh <laughs> he's, come on dude he's, i don't i don't remember who it is now you have to know who it is he doesn't race much anymore he were, used to work at maybe he's part of red still i don't know but oh Shane. okay 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 <laughs> oh yeah i but, know who it is i know what it is <laughs> I, yeah his name starts with an s 
Yeah. So, and, and B as well. The last name starts with a B. Hi, Shane. How are you? Everyone um, from Texas knows exactly who it is. At, at one, so, point, he's, at one yeah. point, he slapped the car out of the air. All right, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. So, but I had, you know, I had basically, um, I got a few regional managers and started the program, man. And um, dang, it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's blowing up. It's not HB style, but we know we have. Uh, no, dude, I, I think it, I think it has blown up. I think that out of all, out of all the teams, at least this year, your team is absolutely, it's incredible. I mean, Joe, I, honestly, the first, when I found out Joe went to S-Works, I thought he was going to struggle at first. No, dude, Joe what? is freaking, <laughs> Joe is freaking killing it. Uh, Spencer Heckert, freaking amazing right. driver. And, yeah. and the, like the said, sad part, the sad part is to me that the, your fast drivers aren't here in the States. Your fast drivers are going to be your Canoss and your, <laughs> your boots. Y'all's team is insane. Yeah. I mean, we got the Parenti brothers too, um, over there. Um, they're like 12 and 13. They're killer. Um, yeah, no, we are, we are definitely a stacked team like worldwide for sure. So, um, I mean, what do we have? Uh, we had four cars in the top 18 in buggy, which we only had four drivers. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, and then y'all have, you have four cars on the top, four on top 25, right? On the uh, top 25. Uh, I think we have five, maybe. I don't know. We're close. We have, you know, but six you were, and seven bounce around. So, you were almost super stacked and almost had a number one driver. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about that one? Yeah, so um, my first year of team management was pretty awesome. I mean, like, I'm coming into, like, now we're uh, – well, we were sitting uh, – we, we were at U.S. Open 20 – what would that have been? Um, 21, maybe? Um, yeah, it was after COVID because we had – AMS was moved back. Yeah, so the year AMS was moved back. Um, we had the we had the U.S. Open prior to that, and um, a certain driver from Chandler, Arizona, walks up to me. It might be top twenty-five, number one. Um, walks up and goes, goes, "Hey, I think I need a job next year. You got a place for me?" I'm like, "Whoa, did you just say that?" I'm like, thinking <laughs> we're just drinking beers, like you know, whatever. And he's like, "Dude, I'm could serious." Some, could some people refer to this guy as the goat? The goat, for sure. He might have an engine. He might have an engine name after him too. That just came out with a blue head, but yeah. Um, he um, he came. And he's like, dude, I I think I'm gonna need a job for next year. And I'm like, what do you mean need a job? He's like, well, I mean, he goes better pay or whatever, you know. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, dude, I'll I'll start the conversation like right now. Like, I'm on that, my that, phone that's to like Austria. Every, like, that's like every team manager's dream, right? <laughs> dude, I was like. <laughs> then I'm like, and he goes, you know, he goes, and he says though, he does say Cavs leaving. So yeah, I go, oh, okay. So I, I kindly put that in my email too. And then Austria is like, Cavs not leaving. Cavs promised us he's going to be here. And I'm like, I already know he's a TLR. Like, <laughs> right. like but you guys think what you want. But exactly. I'm, I'm here. So, I know this already. Right. And yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he like literally, um, we go out and test for like, we get him a car. We go out and test for three days. I'm telling you, those three days, I think I marshaled the car maybe four or five times. 
And like, <laughs> we're talking, dude, it was at, at freaking Tony's track, which TNC is not, you know, not an easy track to get around. Um, mm. Yeah, it was absolutely like, there's posters I say, like, watching this is amazing. Like, just because I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting there watching this guy just turn laps. Like, and, and I'm just all bl- like. Blistering laps, right? Like Just blistering laps. like <laughs> Insane laps. I I can just go out and watch cars for hours. I don't know why I like it. Like, I can just watch, especially a good driver. Like, you know, dude, I'm just like, this guy doesn't freaking make a freaking mistake. Like, no, you know, man. if he does, he's he has to push for a reason. And that's the yeah. only time he'll make a mistake usually, you know. And, and he can. Um, that's the most important thing is he can push. He can. He he's the only person that can make up time. He's the exactly. only person I know can make up time, not lose time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's insane, dude. So he was like, he pretty much verbally committed to me. He definitely committed to Austria. Um, so I'm thinking this deal is done like in like December 15th ish, whatever. I don't know. I was like, man, we're, if at this point, Cavs still staying, right? Supposedly. I think he's already gone, but Austria is saying he's staying. Now I've got, now I've got the other half of that shit. In my, you know, saying, "Yep, I'm, we're good," mm-hmm. um, committed in writing to Austria, and uh, I'm out of date, dude. Literally on a first date, like this girl's lost in downtown Phoenix, uh-huh. and I finally get her to, you know, where I'm at. I'm opening the door. I look at my phone. RM. I'm like, oh, golly, opening the door, like what do I do? What do I do? Like, I've got to take this call. Like, you know, right. like you got to hold on one second. I got to take this call. <laughs> so that's when he gives me the bad news that Yokomo won't let, wouldn't let him out of his deal. <laughs> and so Dang, that that's, sucks. that's what caused me not to have my buddy, but it's all good. It, it's all worked out for the better for everybody. Dude, he is so on fire with them. You can call like, Oh yeah. He's, he's good. I'd rather be on fire with our car. Dude, yeah, but we, I think we could both. I think we could both agree, like you said. Uh, I, I don't think it really matters what car he's driving. He's gonna be on. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. But no, he's a good dude, man. Good friend of mine. But yeah, he. Uh, that was pretty. Uh, that one kind of hurt, you know. Not not hurt, but you know. So I, it was just like I just knew what the opportunity I could have as team man. Like wow. Right. Did he really just pull that off? <laughs> yeah. It was him I, more than me. Like it was him more than me. So and I so I obviously I didn't know the whole story behind like what you just said, but you you even reached out to me. You were telling me that it was about to happen. I was like, holy crap, that's insane. Because <laughs> I mean, that would have been sweet, dude. But like you said, I think it worked out the best for everybody. Absolutely, no. Um and Joe, Joe's an got, amazing I got, pickup. I got Tanner out of the deal. I'll take you know Tanner. So you got you got Tanner. You got you know Spencer Hecker. It seemed like he's Spencer. So that. Spencer. So I build. Spencer, recommend oh, you're, you're breaking up. I don't know if Oops, your ear pods dying or something. Is that better? Not not really. No? Keep going. Oh, um, I was just saying that uh, Mayfield's the one that gave Spencer the um, recommendation. Um, oh really. Yeah, I mean, I already, you know, had talked with Spencer, but he literally was like, hey, if you can do anything for this kid, 
I would do it for. Well, yeah, he's he's fast, dude. Super fast kid. How old is Heckert? Well, of course he's 21. <laughs> okay, never mind. All right, so, but yeah, man, your, your, your team, uh, absolutely insane, dude. Uh, like I said, Joe, Joe surprised all of us. Uh, at least he's definitely surprised me about usually when you transition chassis like that, there's a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah, no, he, none with Joe. He said to me specifically, give me a pillow ball on a bumpy track. I'm going to dominate. I said, okay. (laughs) That's what happened, dude. (laughs) He did pretty damn good at, uh, uh, you know, even race here, but like, uh, definitely was eye opening and see for sure. You know, like I said, um, uh, that though goes back to Billy too. I mean, we've uh, we've changed the car from the European car. I mean, um, I hate not driving what people can't get right now, but the only way we can develop something is to try stuff. And so, yeah. um, you know, I hate my lower drivers not being able to have it. But um, luckily, what I do monthly with all my local team guys is I have a monthly Zoom meeting with all of our pros and with our lower guys and they get information. There's nothing hidden. Yeah. Um, we tell them what we're trying, what we're doing. If they want to do it themselves, they're more than welcome to. Um, but I always felt like the top guys, um, nothing got shared down. And so when I started my, wanted to make sure that we basically start from the bottom up and like we support the lower guys first right support the top guys yeah that's um that's awesome but yeah man so i like to you can still hear me right sorry yes I, sw- I switched to your pods yeah um, i just that when i charge you you said that i was like oh shit i can do one <laughs> it might have been me that was uh cutting out i don't know but yeah so congratulations man you, you built an Thank amazing you. team the, the car is freaking amazing um i, I like to typically keep these to an hour a little over but man that your stories, freaking awesome, dude! Thank you so much uh, no for problem. being on the show. But but before we leave, um, I know that you have a big race out in El Paso. No, so not anymore. Want... Not anymore. Where is it at nope. now? My track. Okay. Yeah, I... it's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, U.S. Open is uh, we're getting ready to announce uh, the um, put the flyer out. Um, yeah, U.S. Open is going to be at Adobe. Um, it's. Uh, November 25th through 27th. Um, nice thing about that, we don't start practice until noon on Friday. So you can fly out Friday morning after Thanksgiving and oh, nice. uh, come out here at noon. We don't, like I said, don't start practice till noon. We do like six hours of practice on uh, that Friday and then we start racing and, Saturday. Qualifying. And most so. people are, everyone's off that Friday. I will say yep, everyone. For most sure. So that that's. Friday. Um, you know, that Cleveland race and um, on-road race gets like um, yeah. U.S. Indoor Championships or whatever it's called uh-huh. um, every year. I think. And so I'm like, we might as well try it. So it was on that date either. That's like the first date that nobody was on, you know, trying to not yeah. jump on somebody's date or whatever. Because El Paso, we were in October because the weather was nicer. Phoenix in October still could be 110. Yeah. Well, awesome, dude. Um, how about this? How about we get you back on the show before that race so we can talk about it? Awesome. That Love good? to. Um, for sure. Yeah, man. 
thanks for everything. You can stay on, Tim. We're gonna go ahead and end the show, guys. Thanks for watching. Um, man, this was awesome, dude. I had a, I had a blast. So thank you so much, guys. Uh, we'll do another one of these, another on the tone, probably in a few weeks. I think on the tone, Dirty South Edition will be next week. Uh, so tune in next week, guys. Thanks for watching, guys. Later. Thanks, Tim. Or Tim, yeah, stay on. <laughs> yeah, right on. Gotcha. Right, later, guys. <laughs>